Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. I get to welcome Amy Nelson today. And Amy, what I love is every time I do an interview, I have these wonderful, talented people that say, oh, you should talk to so-and-so. And then they'll give me uh, like the Instagram or Facebook because I started out with people I knew, but the more it expands, the more wonderful people that I get to know that I wouldn't have otherwise because uh, Hillary had suggested you, and I know you know Victoria, and you were part of the Lido de Paris show and part of that amazing cast of people. And then the reason she said to reach out to you is also because of what, where you are in life right now, which like your Bluebell story is wonderful, but what you're doing now seems equally wonderful and exciting. So I was really glad you said yes. And the fact that you actually listened to the podcast took me one step that I didn't have to do to explain like what this is. So um, can you share a little bit like where you are right now? And then we'll kind of go backwards about like your dancing as a child and what got you there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's such a, pleasure to be a part of this. Um, I've enjoyed listening to all your podcasts. Um, so currently I'm in Palma de Mallorca in Spain. I am working on a 60 meter sailing super yacht as a stewardess and yoga teacher. And it's been four months, so I'm still brand new. I just finished uh, dancing in Paris this year. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm working the eight till five, Monday to Friday. Uh, sometimes weekends uh, on this super and it's a crazy cool adventure and I'm so grateful uh, to be doing it um, but still living an exciting adventure and uh, missing dancing I yeah. am but yeah well let's go back to like what how you started and then I think your journey to what you're doing is it it could seem random to some people, but like, no, that makes total sense of like why at this period of life, especially with COVID that you actually have this option for work and adventure where a lot of dancers are just sitting and waiting and you're actually like having a continuation of what was so beautiful about being a, a performer. Completely, completely. I um, There was a moment where I thought I would have to take a really long pause, um, but I got you know, I got so lucky. I'm so grateful. That was um, due to one of my best friends that I'm here. And uh, yeah, so, okay, so the beginning. <laughs> We're rent. We, artists are rent. We tell stories however we want. It's kind of like you need to do a movie and then do a flashback and then you do the current scene, the flashback. <laughs> but yeah, uh -huh. the, what was it like? Because I know you're Australian. And then when you told me where you're from, I, you saw my reaction. I got so excited because I just did Marissa's interview and so much talent came out of Perth, Australia. And so I, I was talking about my curiosity of like, what is, of Australian girls, the amazing technique. So when, when did you start dancing and why did you start dancing? Well, I, I was about four, three or four years old. I started um, ballet, ballet class in a local hall. And uh, my big sister was there with me. And she sort of said to mom, oh, don't, don't like this, but can we do something else? And so mom said, yeah, sure. So we both left ballet class. And then mum said it wasn't long after that I came up and I said, mom, I want to go back to ballet class. I just haven't ever stopped. Really? Uh, uh -huh. That's such a great thing. Just because your sister didn't like it doesn't mean it wasn't 
for you. I'm so glad you spoke up because I could be like, okay, I guess we'll do the next thing. So there must have been something that drew you back in there then. Must have been something. And my mom, uh, my, both my parents are brilliant and they've been my biggest supporters. I mean, the amount of money they've spent on my dance education, <laughs> the amount of shows they've had to come to. and uh, But she was, it was always my mom that was always like, well, if you want to do something, then why not? You know, like, why can't you? So um, always, yeah, I was just, I was going to be a dancer. Um, never, yeah, looking back and looking back on old videos, you'd never ever think that I'd be a professional dancer. I was <laughs> never the best or I, I'm really long being a bluebell, of course. Yeah. It takes us a little while longer like, to grow into our bodies. Yes. <laughs> so we're super flexible or, but continued. We did amazing. We had, we went to amazing dance schools. And then I auditioned for WAPA, which is the West Australian Academy of Performing Arts. That's come up in quite a few interviews. Yes, when I was in my last year at high school and I got in. Um, is there like just a plethora of great schools in Perth or are there just a few that just happen to draw in all these talented dancers that go on to be professionals? Is there just a lot of choice or is it just more concentrated? As in like, like a degree? kind of school or just or the schools that, that even attract or when you're a kid you kind of have the basic suburban experience a lot of us have but then when you get to the upper levels does it just get more I was still in my suburban dance school I was doing ballet classes in the local hall still with the yeah. same ballet teacher that I went to when I was four years old uh, I think there's some kind of energy in Perth though it's quite a young city we're quite behind the rest of Australia in some ways but there's this really nice energy of growth and excitement and possibility um, and there's some really great dance competitions that come to Perth hmm. um, and opportunities we went to the Sydney Dance Expo with one of my dance schools and uh, this opportunity like the world is bigger um, my teacher worked on cruise ships and you know she told stories about how she had to do her left hand of the cartwheel and you just say yes and then you're like, oh, stay behind late because you can't do one. <laughs> you have right. to figure it out. Um, so I was really lucky. And I also like going into WAPA, like they audition from all over Australia and New Zealand. There's not many people that get into these courses. Yeah. Uh, but they obviously saw something in me. And I, I mean, to be honest, I said I'd go for a year and then I'm off to the Moulin Rouge in Paris. This was like what I had in my head that was in your head do you know how that got in your head I'll go back to the WAPA but how did you even know that was a thing Were you uh, when exposed I was, to it yes my, when I was 16 my mom took me to a Moulin Rouge audition and I hated her for it because there was all these grown-up girls in fishnets and like bras and I was there in ballet stockings and a leotard <laughs> <laughs> I don't fit what am I doing and she never takes no as an answer and so I went and I did it and I made it all the way to the end because once I got in there I said like, hang on hang on a second no I want to be chosen I want to be like because she kept pulling girls away to be put in the front and I was like oh okay okay I want to be there and I and I got there and of course they couldn't offer me a contract because I was too young but they said come back and audition when you're 18 so this sort of had started something you know I was yeah. determined what I was gonna do um, so I did, I was a year and a half into my course at WAPA and Moulin Rouge came back and I auditioned and I, it was my choice. Then, and I said, Oh, no, thank you. Um, I want to finish my course. Do they I, come uh, to Perth? 
We do. Uh-huh. Really? They, okay. Cause that says something too, because I know like I've helped with cruise ship auditions and there's certain places they go to Australia, they go to England. I, they stop coming so much to America, certain cities because people don't take ballet serious. So for them to travel, Australia is not a little hop, jump and skip no. away. There's some reason they're going to Perth. That, okay. Just yes. the fact that you didn't have to fly to Paris to do this. Yeah, and it's coming you. to you. Okay, so go. I'm sorry, I got all excited about that. Like the fact that the Moulin Rouge <laughs> and the Lido choose to come audition in Australia says something. Yes. Well, I mean, Australia is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I finished my course, um, and I gosh, I got technically stronger. I, I, I did so much like choreography. We just had all these other skills. I just never confidence as well, but. I did decide that I didn't want to do ballet or contemporary professionally. I was, um, I just wanted to dance because I wanted to and not because I had to mean something. And I'm not, I love those forms of dance and I still go and do class in those techniques. And, but I just, I wanted feathers and diamonds and, <laughs> you know, I kick my leg past my head and I just want to do that. Yes. <laughs> so I booked a one-way ticket and my grandma said to me, and you're not going to have enough money because I was just teaching dance class at this time and working in the local ice cream shop. And I said, yeah, you're right, man, you're right. So I got a job in the office, thanks to my aunt. And I worked four jobs for four, four months, just saved all the money and yeah, one way ticket and flew to Europe. I actually backpacked first though, which very oh. appreciative I did because once you get a job, you sort of tie down and um, you're there, aren't you? So I saw all of Eastern Europe and... Um, Did you go by yourself? With my boyfriend at the time. It was his idea. Yeah. I'm very grateful to him for that. And it, we had a great time. Like met all these people and like, there's just so much to see. And then we did arts history at WAPA and I got to see all these things I'd studied. Yeah. It was amazing. It was very cool. Um, and then I moved to London and I became a waitress. <laughs> <laughs> That's what artists do. Mm-hmm. And it's a good skill. Yeah, and um, then I did every audition that came. Um, I did audition for Lido actually. There you go. <laughs> I backpacked for about three, four months, and then did an audition. And they said, oh, it broke my heart. They said, "You're perfect. You just, you're just too baby." Oh, uh, <laughs> I was like, I was hot. I rang home and I said, I'm coming home. I've had enough. And it was my little sister that answered. And she was like, are you kidding? You've done one audition. That doesn't count for anything. Oh my gosh. Good for her. Yeah. Well, the fact that you backpacked, like that's not baby, but if it's like, do they think your face was too young or that you yeah. need? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm so grateful. Actually, it was Jane that said this and so grateful to the stage. She probably doesn't remember it, but um, because I went off and I learned all these other things because Lido is amazing but it's such a brilliant job you get dresses you know you get your makeup you get you know I did all the little jobs before where I learned how to sew my own stockings you know the holes in your fishnets and yeah how to make an eyelash a false eyelash last for months because <laughs> can't afford more yeah um, all these little things so when I got to Lido it was like this I was so appreciative and um yeah, I just, I, I enjoyed the lessons before hitting the big time. Um, did you re-audition? I did. So I did the audition, moved to London, and then I got this 
the my first dancing job, which was here in Palma, Mallorca. It's like home away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually like this is my friend's apartment, which, which she brought, and I've lived here for a long time. And um, so yeah, home away from home. So I got this first job, and it was it was amazing. We did amazing things, met amazing people, and I was on the stage. Uh, Winter time, I worked in Germany in circuses and another big theater show uh with a company called vegas showgirls my friend camilla uh runs it and she's amazing and brilliant and has her such a high level and she's also got some shows hopefully going on this winter she did a show also during covid um where it was like a the cars pulled up it was like a outside cinema but with dancers Mm. brilliant idea so smart yeah so and then you said the Mallorca you had a show that had like a lot of Spanish flair was it like flamenco and stuff is that the first show you did it was it was a variety show and there was two ballets like two groups so there was international dancers and the Spanish dancers and the Spanish dancers were brilliant um and we got to join in so I got to do some I got to be in the boda the wedding dance um the the Terreras, the bull dance. Um, and we also had moments where, uh, so my friend Kira, who I'll mention a lot, she was the lead Irish dancer. And there was a battle between the Irish dancers and the flamenco dancers. And it was this high energy. It was, it was, it was very cool. I learned so much in that first season, even like sewing my stockings up, we only got two pairs of stockings. So like you're on stage and you feel them rip and you're like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you went yeah. the other way. I started at, as a bluebell where they fixed everything for you. And then I did shows. We had to do our own. So I was like, oh, but if you learn that beforehand, it's like nicer than when you go, oh, I never learned this. And now I have to do it. You feel almost like, like you were demoted. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. When it's a privilege, you know, you get Toledo and the dresses used to laugh at me because I was like, thank you. Right. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, How long did you, did you do that between, were you touring or kind of just popping around like, here's this show, I'll go take this opportunity or did you? Um, no, I, I started um, here in Mallorca and then I just, I got very lucky. I, I made such good friends with artists, with dancers and they got me in contact with other people and I, I didn't audition again until I auditioned for Lido. Um, I, it was just through contacts where I sent my CV and they, sort of word of mouth said like um hey here's amy she's good um so so grateful for so many wonderful people in my life um but i i went from spain and then to germany and then back to spain for another season and they wanted us back again and that was my choice to leave because i said oh there's just so much i want to see and do and so many i want to go and grow so then i went to Royal Palace, which is another big cabaret in France. It's near Strasbourg. Um, and I was meant to start in the August, but ended up replacing the uh, girl in January. So it was like thrown in, learnt the show in four days. I don't remember my first show at Royal Palace because <laughs> I'd never done it in all the costumes or the lights. Um, the boys used to just like, you know, the, the team was great and the, uh, yeah, I don't remember it though. <laughs> they just kind of pushed you around on stage to where to go. Yeah. Uh, um, so it was cool. And I, that pl- also another cabaret, which became family, was um, 
amazing and in the countryside like you saw all the four seasons which like in Perth you don't really get to see you got to see the snow and the autumn and all the crops and the flowers in the springtime um yeah, I've seen pictures but, of Strasbourg and it looks like a fairy fairy tale is that is a theater close to Strasbourg where you see the, about the town drive out it's in this okay. tiny little village really with about 200 res residents but they have a thousand seat cabaret it's crazy amazing wow. it was, started off as a, a restaurant a musical restaurant and then um the owner mr mayor said i'm gonna build a theater and everyone thought you said you're crazy he built a theater <laughs> and it's at christmas time we were doing three shows a day and it was full every show what was that show like? Was that a feathers? Was that kind of a yeah, big Parisian feathers. vibe? It was topless. Yeah. Um, that seems an interesting out. place for that too. Yeah, completely. That was, the theater's beautiful. When I was there, my last season I did, they built a nightclub. <laughs> oh. It was crazy. It's this big, beautiful, um, the costumes were amazing. Um, but I decided to leave there because it was this little town and I felt like I needed some energy and uh, Oh, okay, I'm going to backtrack now because uh, I auditioned for Lido after my second season in Mallorca. This is when the show change was happening. Mm. So the my one that's happening now? The, it was from Bonaire to Paris Mervais. Okay. Okay. So my director in Spain was like, Lido's auditioning and Franco Dragoni is directing. You've, you've got to go and audition. Like, this is going to be amazing. Um, so me and my friend did. We flew to, to London. And did the audition. We got all the way through to the end. We got measured for costumes. Like we left like, like excited, um, but didn't get in the first cast. Um, again, really appreciative because I got to go to Royal Palace. Um, but then at Royal Palace, I went to audition in Paris. Um, went to like a prison audition. And Jane, we had an interview after. And she says, I know you. I said, yeah, I said, in London, yeah, I got all the way through to the end. She was like, yes, I remember. She says, well, now it's your time. We want you. When can you start? Oh, my gosh. That just, that makes it feel like a good, like, yes, you have arrived. Did you feel uh -huh. different, like, in your, um, not even just your technique, but your maturity, like, how, when you auditioned Completely. before? Completely. I just, like, in a movie, I picture you, this scene of you walking in very womanly and knowing yourself and the world, like, okay, I'm ready. And knowing what they're looking for, like what to listen for. Like they tell another girl something and you take that on, oh, you know, yeah. like you, you just, um, yeah. I remember calling home straight afterwards and being like, it's, it's happened. Oh I'm my gosh. So, um, were you ready just to pack up and go? Cause you were kind of just living place to place. Right. So you weren't like totally well, settled living, somewhere. Well, I was in Royal Palace. Um, but, I, and I said this, I said, my season doesn't finish until um, ju early July. And, but this is the great thing about this industry is like, they're so respective of, of everyone and other cabarets and jobs. And, and I remember James saying, well, that's okay. You can come when you finish. Um, so that was when it was organized for. So I left Strasbourg. I drove my car with all my life in to Paris. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was, Exciting. So that was the first time I lived in Paris. I lived there it was a year and a half, a little bit over, and then moved back to Mallorca. I missed the sea. Me uh, and Paris 
also have a bit of a love-hate relationship. <laughs> did you come into the show after it had already been going or did you come yeah. in? Okay. So then you're coming into a cast that's already there. So yeah. What is your love hate with Paris? <laughs> the city itself? Yeah. And it's a hot, it's a heavy city. Yeah. And I'm someone who likes to help people and you just can't help everyone. And it's all, everyone is a little bit not closed minded, but, it's like, you've got to look out for you. Mm. Uh, yeah, I love, I, I do love Paris, but yeah, I also am okay with not living there full time. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, just hearing your lead up to this part of your story and talking to you when we did the pre-interview about just, you're just like a vagabond in a way, as far as like adventure. And like when you said the sea that brought you back, it just feels like this is a wonderful gem in your story of the Lido, but it's not, it's not your whole story. So it's what not, was your experience like in Paris? Cause then I want to get to what, when it feels like why, why you move on because you you've, it's kind of already been there. You do this for a while and then this thing comes where some people stay, but you're, you we'll get to that too. Like when people choose yeah. to do things or it's just like, it ran its course. Like why we, why we do what we do. We listen to our story later. Like, well, why did I do that? Well, I took the chance um, to leave Lido. It just felt like I said, I missed the sea and um, the show back here. Every year I'd go back and visit. And they said, when are you coming back? And finally I said, yeah, okay. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. Um, it didn't, it was a good year, but then um, it wasn't like it was, which also sometimes things are, you know, when you go back and it's not the same, it's not the same people and, but then also Lido messaged me halfway through the year saying about this world tour that was in the planning and it was, it sounded amazing and to be asked as well. And, and I said, well, definitely, um, you know, I had to send some information and, but uh, so that was the plan. And then that fell through um, the tour was canceled. And so I thought about it. I had this clean slate and in all my dancing years, there's been a lot of them. Um, I never had a, the longest period I had was three weeks between contracts, but I knew I had a job. Um, yeah. This was, this was, I had nothing. I had, I said no to all winter work. I had, um, I had a flight booked home, but then back again for, to start the rehearsals for the tour. And I was just kind of like, Oh, what, what do I do? Like, um, I've never had nothing and it was a good learning curve because <laughs> in this industry, a lot of people go through periods of, of nothing. Um, I didn't realize that until I met a fellow artist in London. Um, he was uh, a singer and he was with a friend and the friend was in the musical theater sector in London. And he says, Oh, don't worry. I mean, this is normal, right? One minute you've got nothing. And the next minute you've got six months worth of work. And I was like, huh? Yeah, this isn't the end. You're right. Mm. I have this whole slate to do whatever. So I thought about it. I thought um, I actually got offered to be a magician's assistant in on a cruise ship. I went to this magician's house where he kept all his um, uh, boxes, and I had to see if I could fit into the smallest one. <laughs> that sounds like either an audition or a horror a horror movie. I actually laid <laughs> in this box, and I was like. All right, Amy, what are you, what are you, what are you doing with your life? Right. Like, hang on a second. Um, but 
that that was my choice. I was like, mm, doesn't doesn't feel right. I thought about maybe Berlin. I lived there before, but then I didn't really want to go through the whole process of starting again. Um, and I had such a family in Paris. And Lido said, like, you're welcome to come back. And so I did. That was that was the choice I took. And I had five months off. I and I I went home. I spent six weeks at home, which I've never done in the whole time I was away. Like it was only ever like two weeks, like in and out. Mm-hmm. I had Christmas at home. It was the first Christmas in like seven, eight years. Um and then I did my yoga teaching course, which I always in did. Australia? In no, in Spain actually. Oh, you did? Um, okay. Just out of because my plane ticket was already booked back, so I was like, All right, I'll just come back early. So I did it in Seville, in Spain. It was absolutely brilliant. And then I, I uh, went. I wouldn't say backpacking. I went full driving around Morocco for a month. Oh my pet. gosh! <laughs> we went wild camping, and it was, it was amazing. And then I came back to the UK, and I moved to um to Paris again I was really lucky because I've got such a network there that I'd already got an apartment waiting for me because I'm sure you know the really great fun it is to find an apartment in Paris oh man <laughs> so, was it one um, of the same cast and same people or did it, it change was. a lot no when I went back it was a lot of the same which was it was it was like going home I, mm. I, I um, I don't know why I didn't expect it would be. I don't know. It, it was. It was. I just fitted right back in. I was so happy to be there. Um, it was. And during this period that I was there, I became a swing, and I learned the the musette coupling. Um, I got to do these other things that I didn't do before, so it made more. You know, like it was new things. Um, my track changed, which was cool too, because then I got to eventually swing like I said and learn all the different places and um but it was it was like coming home it was just Lido is one big family and like the reunion show you're always a bluebell and it is one big family like we felt like rock stars up there on that stage to have all this support of people we had never even met but we felt like we had known forever uh, yeah for those listening because I know like I've interviewed quite a few of the dancers that I wish I had known you when I was there. So I could like, but now it's fun to go, oh, you were there because that really, we used both use the word magical of what that reunion was like for us on one side of the curtain to watch that and be so excited for you guys and for you to be on the other side of the curtain for these very rowdy bluebells. <laughs> we were all dressed up in our glitter, but we were not holding back our um, enthusiasm. Uh, <laughs> I was like, was you could hear the, the shaking. It was like we were, the volume was so great, but I loved what I loved is everybody I've talked to is you guys were emotional and appreciative where it could be like, Oh, we're just doing another show. But the fact that it moved you guys really seems like it speaks to the legacy and the honoring that maybe we don't know when we're in it until you see something like that. Oh, this is really, it was magical. So you were there for that. So how far into that was your return of coming back? That was my return of coming back. Um, which I remember the day after and I remember thinking like how grateful that the tour didn't happen because I would never have been there for this show. You know, the tour was going to be amazing and we're all very disappointed those that had been signed up. Um, but you know, things happen for a reason. And I was so appreciative to, to realize like how special it is to be a bluebell. You know, you know, you know, it at the time, but you don't know it. Right. Um, 
like oh. in your face, like talking to everyone and they're like, oh, we remember coming downstairs and the costumes and, and telling backstage stories. And um, it mm. was, it was magical. It was this, um, it was pretty, I'm all about family and mm-hmm. community. And I feel like the world needs a lot more of that, especially right now. And, and it's lacking all of, all of that. Um, so it was so cool to have that experience to know that there's this yeah what a great way as we get to talking about like why you left but I'm curious because you seem like such an adventurous spirit when you were in Paris did you were you able to keep that your your excitement for the sea or or to explore or because when you're in a city you don't necessarily have to stay in the city the whole time but I don't know how much time you're afforded when you're doing a show every night uh no I I the first time that I lived in Paris um the full year that I was there like I was longer but they're like Four years. I, I think I left. I visited about eleven different countries. <laughs> oh, good for you! <laughs> I I counted them afterwards. I was like, oh, um, a lot with Lido. Actually, um, we went to Warsaw, Poland. That was actually my memory today on Facebook. I did a gala for La Front, La French Touch, or and it was just magic. We danced in the Opera House in Warsaw, and wasn't the old costumes. This is one of my favorite activities at Nido was to be chosen for a gala and um, getting to wear costumes that you girls have worn years ago and still having the names and the hats. Are you You're serious? Oh I my gosh. didn't know who these people were and I, I always felt so honoured <laughs> to, be, to be there in these like big, beautiful, old feathers. Um, was it choreography from the current show or was it a totally different show? No, it was choreography um, from the current show. Um, but old costumes. So it was like the, the sounds from the current show yeah, and songs. But well, it was a mix. Like uh, Jane took from the current show. She put choreography in. Um, it, yeah, it depended on, on the stage and numbers. We did a, a big, big white heavy hats and the big white feathers and like a showgirl number. And then we did the can-can. Um, and you guys would just do galas. How long would you go away for? Was it this is and you would come back and do the regular show in Paris? This was, was this as an addition to? Yeah, this was we did the Friday two shows and then we left the Saturday morning. We did the show in Poland Saturday night and we came back Sunday. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you get a chance to see the places that you traveled to or was it just a, a quick flash? Yeah, not that time. But it was such a grand adventure. It was there's so many things I feel like that they do to keep you guys from getting not just bored but to keep it exciting because I know they you, know, you could just do the show night after night but it feels like there's opportunity for so many things to keep you fresh and having other things to do besides the same show if you, even if you just swing or move up into different positions you're not going to do the same track for a year and and get super bored yeah they're very good at that they're very fair and um uh, no, they're very good at knowing that. I think also like, cause a lot of them have been dancers and, and bluebells and so they're appreciative and they, they don't want us to get bored. And they, they also realize that if you do the same track for such a long time, you're going to be uneven. Right. So right. Same leg every night. And, right. Um, That's I also, so smart. I, um, yeah. So they they do. I mean, 
they did a TV gala, I think. They filmed one um, just a little, a few weeks ago, which I was really happy to see because I'm like, oh, it's okay, things are happening. Um, so they've still, I mean, Lido is such a, it's so professional and it's, it's you know, one of the top cabarets in the world. Um, so they have the opportunity to do a lot of um, different events and we're so lucky to, I did, the, just before I left, I did uh, Long Jeans. It was the equestrian event. It was so very cool to see these, like a whole different world. Yeah. Um, these professional horse riders. Um, and it, again, wearing, oh, we wore the show costumes that time. But um, I did a dance for the Tour de France in Merveille. Uh, not oh in Merveille, in Marseille. Sorry, that's terrible. Um, yeah, which I loved because my dad loves the Tour de France. I grew up what like he was watching he every year watches it. He was so jealous he couldn't be there, but he was so proud. That oh I got my that, gosh. The Tour of France. So that was your you did travels with Lido and then did you ever go off on your own and just go explore? Definitely. I have a lot of um uh friends all over the world and uh, for example, I, I made it to uh, Malta because my friend from WAPA said, hey, Ames, I'm doing a, uh, like a three, I can't remember, he was there for a while, but he's doing like a dance sort of uh, internship there, contemporary dance. Um, come and visit me or I'm coming to Paris. And I said, oh, I've never been to Malta. I'm coming. <sighs> and so I went, I like took, I think I swapped my day off. I took an extra day. So I had like, I think two and a half, three days and I flew to Malta um, so yeah, I'm, I'm in big support of supporting friends when they're in different places. And plus then I get to go see them. Yeah. And oh my gosh. That's the greatest way to travel is to know somebody who lives there and you have a common story. Cause that's, that's not afforded to a lot of people that you can like, Oh, I, here I am here. I can go visit this friend because it's such an international cast that you have like that, that makes it, you have all the different places you guys all spread out and go back home that you have now places to go visit and people to stay with or um which I love also because well like literally like, have friends all over the world and I love catching up with them and I mean, I'm very I'm so bad at keeping in contact with anyone and if anyone's listening I'll be like yeah <laughs> just say hi now to everyone and you're good hi <laughs> you're good for the year <laughs> you all <are>. um, <laughs> But also friendship, you know, real friendship, it doesn't matter, does it? Because when you get the chance to meet up, like I hadn't seen Vic for so long and we, um, I saw something on Instagram and I was like, are you in Nice? And she was like, I'm in Monaco. And I was like, my, the yacht's in Nice. And so the Saturday I um, went with my uh, boyfriend and we spent the day with her in Monaco and I got to meet her new little baby and partner and it was just it was just like literally within a day all of a sudden I was seeing Vic who like it was incredible um so again I hadn't talked to him for ages but it just it didn't matter we picked up right where we left off and caught up and it was yeah well I think the kind of life you live in that show where you're backstage together you're doing a show you the stories are different than if maybe you went your high school friends that you kind of had different lives like because you have such a connected life if you all spread out all over the world and get back together you have that that piece and then because your life keeps going you have more things to add you're not going to just tell show stories for the rest of your life you have like 
So let's get to that. Like, I would love to hear how you get to working on a yacht in Spain. And also, I loved when we talked before about a choice of when you end and how you end, because I, I think all these interviews, pe some people had no choice and some people chose it or like, well, why did I end? And to actually have a say in that, like, I'm just so curious if, or if you could tell about that, like, cause you, you're 29, you could probably do this for however many years you want to do it. But amidst COVID, it's interesting the timing of this too, of what you it actually is. are able to do because of your choice. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Who saw COVID coming? Um, yeah. Well, I, it was last year and I, um, I was just about to um, pay for a, a course in psychology, actually, like an online university and then I remember sitting there thinking, oh, do I want to be here for the next three years? Um, and it was Paris more than, I mean, not Lido. Oh, that was kind of a, I just wasn't ever super happy there. And I'm all about being happy. Life's so short. And um, so I thought about it. And my friend Kira, who was the lead solo Irish dancer back years ago, for years had been saying she got into yachts. She'd start dating a guy and she'd fallen into um, getting into yachts. Still actually every winter dancing. She sort of worked the summers on yachts and then toured um, Germany. Oh Irish winter. Uh -huh. And um, said, she kept being like, come on, come on, join me. And I used to be like, no, no, it's not for me. No. And then last year I remember talking to her and being like, all right, I'm ready. And she was like, what? So I flew to Mallorca and did my, you have to do STCW course, which I think also you need for cruise ships. Um, mm -hmm. And did the course and told Lido that I wasn't, I was going to finish at the end of my contract. And like I told you before, they were really supportive. Um, and they sort of said like, you know, we're really sad, but we get it and we support you and you can always come back. And um good luck. Like, what are you going to do? And I actually got a reference from Jane, um, mm. the gallery mistress, uh, which she sort of said, like, what do I write? And I said, just you know, a character reference. Like, because as dancers, we have so many transferable skills that we sort of take a backseat about and forget, which, you know, we're team players, we're hard workers, we're quick thinkers. Um, mm. We have all these and more. There's so much more that I'm not listed that we just forget we're actually pretty intelligent yeah. humans right. yes. <laughs> and so I sort of you know said just you know something like this and it actually came in handy um so very grateful for that and so left Lido last two shows were on the 31st of January and mm. when I left I was sad I was I did a, an amazing show I did all my favorite parts uh dance with some of my favorite people and um but there was the sense of like I was ready um so it was my choice to finish to stop and I knew I was always gonna miss it um right now I'm finding it harder than I did before I think maybe I kept was kept so busy all summer um but I think you're always gonna miss it like it's been a part of your life forever it's yeah. part of your identity um but I also finished just in time to go back home for one of my best friend's weddings. And I missed so much in my friend's lives. And this I was like, I'm not going to miss. I'm going to be there. Um, so 
in February, I kind of uh, came back to Mallorca, did my NG while my medical to work on boats, made some contacts, and then I went home for my friend's wedding. And then just the day before her wedding was when COVID turned the world upside down. Yeah. Um, still managed to have a wedding because Australia was a little bit different at that stage. Um, yeah. um, but I got messages from people in Paris. My friend Kira was in Germany. She was like, Amy, I have to fly back to Mallorca. Otherwise I might not be able to get in. She was on tour, um, had to like completely, everything was stopping. And I was like, what? Yeah. So I flew back to the UK. I'd had my grandma sisters with me. And so I said, I'd take them back safely. And I, you know, if it was my grandma, I'd want the same. And so I, my mum's disgust, I flew back to the UK. She was like, what are you going to? And I was like, well, my little sister was also in the UK and my cousin. I said, well, we've got family there. And also then I was closer to the yachts. Even if everything had stopped, that was sort of the idea. And so I was in the UK for quarantine. I think about three months I ended up staying there. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a long time. It was hard, but I think everyone found that period of life hard um, mm-hmm. when, you know, and I had nothing. I, I um, yeah, luckily I was um, where I was living, there was a dog. Um, so I got to go for dog walks and I was doing, like I said, uh, dance class online on Zoom. I'd wake up and my friend Jamie was teaching a jazz class in Canberra and I was logging on oh, in Sydney, actually. I was living in Sydney to do it with him and he was like hey it was night time for him and I was like hey good morning <laughs> so I reconnected with so many beautiful souls um did yoga classes um it was it was a oh, really difficult time but I enjoyed being connected with so many people that I hadn't been for a long time in such a weird way yeah we had a reunion for my graduating class and some of them I've not talked to in years and it was so nice to oh. see all their Um, and then my friend Kira she's Amy she's a chief stewardess she's been in the yacht industry for about five years and she says oh they need a third stew I'm trying so hard to keep placing your CV in front of my captain Um, so she's like we're gonna do it (laughs) and we did sometimes I'm like how but she worked so hard to get me here Um, but we, we booked plane tickets and I was flying with the girl that was going to do the second stewardess position um and I came and I had to get a COVID test and everything and I had an interview with the captain and this is you know I he said like you know when we're on charter we're really busy it's lots of hard work you're always on your feet and I remember thinking like oh I've got that mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah I, I used to tell stories I'd say oh in Paris we had one day off and we worked 12 shows a week and I like people's faces I love they're always like what <laughs> I think they think you just sleep all day, show up and put on, do one show and go home. They don't understand all the amount of hours and how physically demanding. So that makes, yeah, you've been on your feet. You've had, (laughs) yeah, you're ready. That's on your resume too, is like balance on a yacht. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, being able to adapt. So then did you, how big is the crew? How big are the people Uh, that are actually running this whole thing? There's, I want to say be wrong and if they listen they'll be like amy i think there's 11 like set crew but 12 on charter because we have a tender driver like a follow boat um yeah to take guests to shore so there's um yeah there's so it's it's not so many people but on a tiny space it's a, a lot of people but it's like a little family um and we have a good we, we 
it's a good team actually like um and I, I hear horror stories about some yachts where people are really nasty and it's really competitive and um but here like there's one day and we were really busy we had I think 17 guests on board or something and it was a piece of barbecue and I had to change from the flybridge up the top down below because of the wind and we I came down and all the boys were doing the dishes <laughs> and I'm new I have no idea that this is like not a normal thing but I was like guys thank you <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it's a yeah I don't know it just all happened so quick very grateful what a um, life shift too to be in Paris in the city and now you're so how many days are you at sea? Like, what is a, a I mean, do you even have a typical itinerary? No. Or is it changed? It's, it could be anything. It changes um, depending on what guests we have on board or where we're going on. Or um, we've been to so many beautiful places this summer. Um, we had a... Tell us where. Tell us where. Well, we... we first charter, we um, sailed around Italy a lot. I taught, because I teach yoga, so I get to teach the guests. And so I taught yoga in front of, I can't remember the name, which is very terrible, but the, this, this little island just off of Positano, actually, where um, Nureyev, the ballet dancer, used to own. And the guests got to go ashore and they knew I was an ex-dancer and they sort of said like, oh, did you know? And I said, no way. And they got to go. His studios are still there where he used to rehearse. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was, I didn't get to go on, on the shore, but it was so special to be like, hey, I've got a connection here and I can appreciate that. Um, we sailed around Greece as well. Oh my gosh. I went to Sicily, Syracuse and Sicily. That was a very cool place. We were based in Genoa in Italy for a while. And that was, oh. I loved it. It was so, so full of character. I think one of my favorite places. It was really dirty and grungy, but really really loved it there was lots of dogs like <laughs> and then we went to nice um we were in monaco we got a weekend off and uh, me and three other friends went to positano we had a four-day crazy fun weekend of oh we just we did so much in four days we hired a little we didn't hire the hotel gave it to us this little um, beetle that was a convertible and we drove the Amalfi coast and oh my gosh as much as I love dance and those stories I, travel is like that's the thing that's making me the craziest with COVID because the, I think I say this every the United States is going to be the last ones to be able to go do anything because of how it's been handled but I not being able to travel but when all of us are a lot of us are in our houses you're out traveling the world and if you had been a dancer in a show, you would be in an apartment somewhere. This is the mm -hmm. timing of this and your, and your spirit for travel. So how is it? Because I know country by country, it's different of restrictions. So what is it like when you go into a different port of what you can do or can't do or what the guests can do? Or do you just see it from the shore? Well, we, it was sort of hit the like sort of end of the first lockdown period. So um masks in shops in a lot of places um there were places where just before charter we we docked and the captain was like please don't go near anyone <laughs> you, know, you said away. something else yeah. you said another can you say what you said before yeah, when they told you also <laughs> uh -huh. the captain used to tell us um don't go kiss the locals <laughs> 
<laughs> and we meant it too. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be a terrible thing if COVID comes on the ship because you guys are making out with the locals. <laughs> that would exactly. be a terrible reputation for the, the yacht company. Big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we, um, other places, it's sort of, I mean, I'm grateful also. I've lived in a little bubble or somewhere where, like, we're on this yacht and I didn't, I kind of stopped reading the news. It was all so heavy and depressing. And um, so to hear now of more lockdowns happening, my little sister's stuck in the UK and she's, things are closing down again. And it it hurts me a lot too, because it's like, we've traveled so many places and done so many crazy things that I feel like some governments, I mean, I have no idea. I've never been in politics, (laughs) but like, (laughs) forget that people also need to live. And, and you know that it's, it's like, I don't know, it is difficult. Yeah. Um, but grateful that I've had all this opportunity. I've seen so many beautiful places and met so many people that, yeah, I wouldn't have done without working on the yacht. Um, and I have so many new skills. Um, and also as a dad, so another transferable skill is how when you're taught something, you remember it. You know, like your finger mm. has to be like this. Mm-hmm. It's like this in every show. Yeah. Um, your leg has to be this high. So, I mean, like making a bed, it has to be very specific <laughs> um, in how it's done. But you show me once, and I'll. Uh, Sorry, the dogs are freaking I'll out. Like <laughs> um, you know, I'll get it done. And um, so many, like, everything has to be just, just so. Um, and so that was something that I was quite proud of. It's like, oh, no, I, I can remember these because um, as a dancer, that's how you were taught. You show me. And yeah. I was so nervous though before the first charter. I had no clue what to expect. <laughs> what is the training like? And what is actually like a day like for you? Because it sounds like you're, as a hostess, it's different in the airplane where you're going to bring their food, you do this. You could be a different thing every single day. Like you don't. But yeah, what, is, what does that entail, like what you're actually required to do? Uh, well, um, we work in shifts when, like, so when we have guests on board. So there's the chief stew, which is um, Kira, my best friend, and then um, the second stew, the third stew, and then there's, we have a deck stew. So in the yard period, she's mainly on deck with the boys, but on charter with guests, she's a stewardess. So the chief stew kind of sees over all three sections of the day, and then one of us would do the morning shift, um, the breakfast girl, which was one of my favorites because you got to sort of wake up with the sun and you set up for breakfast and you did the, like little bits of cleaning and put the music on and got to welcome the guests in the morning. It was a little moment of kind of tranquility because you kind yeah. of, just um, another guy up, um, one of the guys like cleaning as well. So it's a nice little moment of like, ah, so that you, um, serve the breakfast and um, oversee whatever happens in the morning. And then you go and break and then you kind of help during like the middle of the day. So the laundry and the lunch service, and you're the first one to go to bed because you're up first. Then the middle girl helps with the morning, like bed making, collecting laundry. You're in the laundry, you get it running, you get it like rocking for the day, you get it rolling. Um, you help breakfast girl if she needs it. Um, you sort of like, you know, when the guests leave the cabins, you're the one to come in and like be the little fairy. Yeah. 
all magically clean again. Um, and then you help with dinner service until you go to bed and then you get the night girl and she mainly helps from lunch onwards. Um, so after you sort of do the cocktail hour and then the dinner service and then you're not allowed to go to bed until the last guest does. And even Uh-oh. after that, you have to do the last few bits of cleanup. Yeah. So. Do you rotate so you have a different thing or are you yeah. always just saying, oh my gosh, that's a great way to keep it exciting. Yeah. Like sort of weeks at a time, which is, it's nice. It, and also, um, perhaps also because Kira's come from the dance world too, like the whole idea of keeping it fresh to not mm-hmm. get stuck in routine and lazy and bored. Um, but we were able to swap, which is nice too because you get to know the guests differently and you get to see, and for me, everything was always exciting because everything was brand new. So I get to see what everyone else does in the day. Yeah. yeah. And then if you guys go into port, are you allowed to get off and go do it? Or do you have a lot of duty to do on the I yacht? I guess well, we've got a lot of duty to still do. Um, sometimes we're allowed, like um, there was nights when the guys went off for a, walk around because the guests were like oh let's some of them off tonight like we're off for dinner or there was once the captain's like girls jumping for a swim while they're off for lunch um Mm. so it's nice like I said I work with a really great team um I mean this is my first and only yacht so I'm not really sure the industry as a whole this is just speaking from what I've come to but I've had a, a great time it's all like I said everything's been really new and I've seen a whole different side of the world um but we do we do a cuban night i mean my friend kira do teach um salsa classes on board oh <laughs> which i think sometimes we have more fun than the guests <laughs> and you're but teaching we, yoga so you're getting to have the physical yoga. and have your your teaching skills keep to get keep exactly. developing and wow. the using my body the movement there yeah. um which I think it's probably what I miss the most actually is that I got paid to exercise. <laughs> yeah. 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 I really miss that. Um, but yeah, I'm so grateful. There was a minute though, where I thought it was a bad choice to have stopped working at leader when I did, because um, for a while I would have been covered with some money because um, you know, but that would have ended because my contract would have ended eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what would I have done? So I think it all happened for a reason. Um, I sort of rode the wave until I got here, but yeah, it was sort of, it was just sort of meant to happen. I, I remember feeling on my last show, I danced, um, opening a finale opposite, um, some of my best girlfriends in the show. Um, and I remember like looking at them both and, being so sad, but at the same time feeling this sense of like, it's okay. This is, this is, this is okay. Like, um, it's meant to happen. It's yeah. Like I'm, yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. yeah. When it's interesting too, just to think of what being in the cities feel like, like I've heard like Paris or my friends that are in New York, like New York is amazing when you can experience New York, if you're working in a show or taking class, but if you don't get any of that, to sit in a tiny apartment that you're paying a lot of money for and not get to experience a city or even cruise ships. I worked on cruise ships, but it feels very different. Like there's something of the contrast of everything being like so squished and small with restriction to be out on the sea, which feels different than a cruise ship too. Like I just picture that being a lot more, like even how you said you were lured back to the sea. Like it feels like when the whole world is in this place of just being squished, that feels really open 
And you grew, Perth is on the sea too. So is it just yeah. some, some attraction to that of coming back to that? Or just there's people that are just mountain people, some that are ocean, some are both. But. Yeah. Well, the sea for me is home. Yeah. It's like, and it's all, it's connected. It's really far away. People are always like, yeah, but there's still a lot of ocean between here. I'm like, yes, but it's still like a connection. Yeah. Um, I never thought I'd be on a yacht, actually. <laughs> My family, my nan always is like, oh, I just can't believe you're doing this. I mean, they're really proud and supportive, but <laughs> they always find it a little bit funny that here I am working on, on, a, on a super yacht. Um, and I have got to do some really cool activities um, also, like if the engineers need some help or need someone to squeeze in somewhere small, um, no, it's like, Amy, we need someone flexible. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, and so. I think just the way you've approached so many things, like you're learning and this, you may do this for your whole life or there may be, <coughs> excuse me, I'm kind of fuzzy in my throat. There may be something totally different, but the skills that you're, cause it seems like you're very smart. You're paying, cause some people, they do the shows, they don't pay attention to the other things. And those people that were watching and observing, they can take that into what's next in life. But if your focus is only dance and we all know that's not a long career but I'm just kind of excited to follow and stalk you on, on face or Instagram to see like well she could do anything next because I think just your attitude for adventure and change and like a scary thought it's like oh, am I ever gonna my my nano is like, you're gonna just like stay in one place <laughs> does that sound good or not good to be in one place sometimes it really does uh-huh um I've always wanted the family um yeah. the dog um the like the home maybe I'm just not ready for it yet yeah. um but then also I love meeting new people and exploring and traveling and um so I don't know sometimes I have moments of panic <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, what's interesting when you hear some of the bluebells some people like they didn't travel as much like I traveled until, and then I got married and I was afraid oh my gosh I can't travel and my husband didn't want to travel so then I would get to work somewhere and sometimes get my way paid. So I took every opportunity then that my kids are grown. Like I started traveling more in my late fifties than I did before because like, well, why am I waiting to go with someone if I can just go? And I think women can travel easier alone than they used to be able to, but because you have friends all over the world, you also have that. But I think it's that feeling like, well, was dance my only ability to travel like well no uh -huh. there's airplanes yeah. there's yachts there's ways to travel yeah. even if you take your children with you exactly. and I, but I think that's also like as a dancer it was always a scary conversation um is like what's next and I did go through this period of asking a lot of people what their plans were with their lives I know yeah. I drove people crazy um and but it was always something that sort of sat with me because it always went into it knowing that it can't be forever um yeah you know, it, I mean, you can dance forever. I would never stop dancing, ever. Yeah. But, yeah, there are these young girls chomping at the bit to come and feel your shoes. And um, also, like, my body took a hit. I fell down some stairs during one contract years ago. And my back has never been the same since. Oh. Every yeah. year that I with Lido, I had to have a three-week, four-week period off to recuperate. Um, and it was sort of like, all right, I want to be a, a really fit old lady. <laughs> and someone that is paying for pushing a little bit past maybe what I was meant to. But then, like, you know, 
some girls dance until they're like late forties and it's amazing and they're incredible. And um, I always just think it's, it's important to go with what you feel. Um, you know, there is no right or wrong. There is no mm. age limit really to anything. We always like to put age limits to things. Right. Um, but you know, like my mom said, growing up, if you want to do something, then why not? Um, yeah. uh, wise. Uh huh. So when you said ex dancer, did like what does that feel like when you say that? Does that feel like I'm an ex professional, or does it feel like I'm really done, or does that hit you with somewhere with that? I think ex full time. When I when, like full time. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it sounds like you you could go back. Like you decide, hey, the Lido or some other show is back. You could just pick up and go because I'm sure if with the training yeah. you've had and be able to be in one of the highest, you know, esteemed cabarets right. in the world. But if you choose not to, like the fact that, you know, you could be doing salsa on a yacht or something else that the whole, the whole ending, because you said something that I will probably have the same reaction of what London, uh, about COVID with artists. Can you say that so we can all just have a oh, yes. thud to the heart? Because it's, it just hit me really hard. Uh, that, well, we're saying um, how Hilly was saying how dancers are making the most of this really awful time. And, um, but well, you were talking about America, but how England, England has come through with this campaign about how artists should be finding other careers. Um, and it, it, it's a picture of a ballerina, actually. And it says, Fatima could be working in... Um, oh, oh, I saw that. Okay, there's a, there's a couple... Okay, I did see. I didn't read it. And I was... Re- I needed to go back. Maybe I wasn't ready to read that yet. Yeah. But oh. she just doesn't do it yet. And it's like, like what? It's 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 awful. I mean, what is what is the world without art? It's um, so I think as artists, we have to keep supporting each other. And um, and I took it. I mean, I'm not even working in the industry right now, and I took it hard. Yeah. Um, not only because I've got like so many friends in the industry, but because what it just doesn't make sense. There is no valid argument um, to to this idea I'm not even yeah it's really sad but like I also said before I mean my mum told me this actually so art has survived everything it survived all the wars and the famines and all the diseases and all the Mm -hmm. times when everyone thought the world was ending um and there's always been art that has come out of all those periods Mm -hmm. and there's always been theatres that have opened or reopened um, so we've got to hold on to that and keep pushing forward um, and supporting each other because, well, I know Lido is not going to be the same when it goes back. Um, yeah. I think that first we thought, well, we'll just take a pause and go back. And the longer this goes and we see things closing, but because it doesn't come back as it was, it doesn't mean it's not going to come back as something beautiful, no. but we don't understand it yet because we can't yeah. quite picture it. Because this, we could picture any of this, like as each month goes on and, and something else changes, like, well, maybe we, like that uh, Marissa, who I just interviewed, I just posted hers, that her show opened this weekend in Perth and they had a 2000 seat house, but they had every other seat. So that's different. And I don't know how many cities are going to be able to do that. But, you know, it's this whole thing of even hybrid of online and in person, but to not have live theater at all, is just like, 
that it's hard to imagine, but there are people who think beyond where, what we can see and art always does that. Like we can't see it and then somebody will create something like, how did we not see this? But we're not, I don't think we're there. I think people are creating things right now that we haven't seen, oh, but to just give no. up on it is like, that's not going to happen. No. And it's not, it can't, it won't, it won't ever, it, it can't, it can't happen. I can't see it not happening. I'm not letting that thought even in my right. <laughs> Well, the alternative is really depressing to think that our job is just to survive, work, eat, survive, and go I to just, bed. I feel like some people find it hard to appreciate what we do. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a little it's frivolous to some people. You're just doing yeah. that fun thing while the rest of us yeah. are working hard. Uh-huh. When, you know, they don't realize that we come to a stage in our careers where we have to stop, whether it be by injury or even choice where, the, you know, that we have to think of what to do next. And then you're starting from square one at an age where everyone else has careers under their belts and um, has made the way up the, the ladder of who, wherever they're, they're working in. And we have to start right back at not even square one because we we're talented and we've got tools, but we have to prove that we have to like hustle and be like, hang on, you want us. We're, we're brilliant. We haven't done this, but I've got all this toolkit that I can offer you. Uh, so yeah, people, yeah, they think we live these really great fantasy lives, which I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> It, you know, to go out on that stage and wear all these beautiful costumes and be part of this legacy. But it comes with a lot of hard work. We give up a lot. We live so far away from our families. Um, yeah. We live in countries where we don't speak the language properly. Um, it is, it comes with a lot of, and 12 shows a week. It's, it's, it's hard to find someone if you want even a relationship, someone who can even completely. work that, that lifestyle in with theirs. Yeah. If you've yeah. got someone working nine to five and you're just leaving for work, it makes relationships harder. Difficult. Um, it is. It, I feel like that's all sort of forgotten. It's sort of, um, yeah. I uh, went last, last year, I went to see um, the Paris Opera in the Palais Garnier Opera House. It was always something I wanted to do before I left mm-hmm. Paris. Mm-hmm. And my friend Chloe said, Amy, let's go. And I went, yes. And so we got all dressed up. We went to the Ritz first. It was a brilliant night. And, oh. um, and the show was brilliant. I remember sitting there like almost in tears because I was so overwhelmed with how amazing these humans were, these technical machines. They were just flawlessly beautiful. And um, then I went to spend some time with my friend in Glasgow who whose partner works for one of the big football teams there. And I remember having this discussion with him like, I just don't get it. Like these, these ballerinas are machines and they've worked their entire lives. Like it's a dog eat dog world to get there. And they're paid like not very much. And then you get these footballers, which have nothing Mm. against football at all, but who get paid all this like money. Like, and what's the difference? They're both, both really high athletes that have trained really hard and he had a really good point when he said, yeah, but football has always been for everyone, for the people who don't have much. And it gives people hope. You know, when we win, they win. And the, oh. the ballet has always been for the, the rich, the class, the high, you know, the higher class, the, uh, 
you know, upper class. Yeah. And because it always kept up here. Mm. And the Lido's not just a, you know, a normal family is going to go get to, to Paris and see something. Well, it's so, it, that's such an interesting point too, because also when you're getting these messages, like just go do something else, they don't say that to football players. Like, no. well, just go get an accounting job or go to school. No. They don't get told that, but for artists to be like, you're valid when, when we can afford you. And now not so much. Oh. Yeah, completely. Wow. So um, I'm going to ask you a question to end with. Okay. Uh, because and just see how this sits with you. Because of that expression from the, the reunion, once a bluebell, always a bluebell. Do you feel that in you? Like if no matter what yeah. you're doing, with no how, does that, how does that feel I, like that you'll always be? I'm so proud. I, I love, I like it. Because people often say like, oh, you've danced in Paris, like at the mall on it. And like, love the mall but I was oh no no and I've always been like no I was a bluebell at the at the Lido de Paris on the Champs-Élysées um no I'm so proud to say that I am a bluebell yeah um, always will be always will be always I always everyone laughs and you know when you take a picture and I always have my bevel <laughs> yes <laughs> you can't stand normal ever again after that that is normal <laughs> yeah that is normal and I love like in wedding pictures if they're dancers all the bridesmaids. And then if you have the non-dancer, you're like, what is wrong with her legs? Like why? She, because you look at how beautiful dancers stand like for wedding pictures yeah. and that's not always all wedding. Like, yeah, I taught my daughter how to stand like that. So for a wedding, the girls were standing there kind of just normal. And she was like, boom, like angled. I'm like, see, this is a, t this is something that just helps you for posing for pictures. A life skill. And and you, and you, I'm sorry. What was that? My dad is very good at it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking <laughs> Oh, yeah, because I think of like when you at the reunion to see these ladies in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, when we all got dressed up for the Lido, that was like the night to really bring it all and just to see how elegant and just how they stood. Like, it, it, even if your back is hurting, there's something of that posture that's going to help you not shrink down. Like, it's hard to imagine bluebells in the old age homes, like slouching. I can just see all these old ladies crumpled over and all the bluebells just like... I, probably I, doing talent shows for their masses yeah I agree <laughs> with you there and there's um yeah I'm so grateful I got to be part of that night and um also like these connections it's been such a pleasure to speak with you and I'm so honored to be a part of this podcast oh my gosh I I get I wake up when I have interviews and I get so excited because honestly I feel every person I speak to I feel very connected even though it's on zoom there's something of knowing that oh my gosh I found my cousin or my niece or something like it feels like this treasure that just keeps getting bigger as opposed to like if I had done my high school, I loved, I didn't love high school, but it feels very different. Even though this was so far in my past, I feel like every interview is a gift to me to get to hear more stories and it gets to expand it and go, oh my gosh, these people are amazing. Because I've never met a, blur, a boring no. bluebell. They all have stories of just to get there is, is a, yeah. a movie episode in its own of just how the heck even made it like that stage. The connection it's well, yeah we're one big bluebell family you know we we have to have each other's back and yeah we do without even saying yeah well this was a privilege to get to interview you and we will post some pictures because i always spy on instagram or facebook of who i'm going to interview and you have some incredible photos is do you have one at the did you take pictures at the paris opera i'm the trying paris to think of some 
When, uh, no, I feel like there's somebody at the stairs. I, I'm always spying. It's just like you could see the legs and all these. Like, oh, yep, dancer, dancer. <laughs> I know you, but you also. I'm gonna have to post some of your yacht pictures if you give me permission oh, because uh, the places you've been able to travel, and I know I'm jealous a little bit inside that you get to go see this. But it makes me so happy that you, it, with the, the COVID doing what it's doing to a lot of people to make their lives smaller, you're getting to just out on the sea. It's just such a beautiful. Uh, part of your story and I'm glad like whatever your choice was to end when you did like oh my gosh how could you have foreseen that that is like your ticket to still have your adventure and and to be out living with some yeah. freedom very grateful I really am. I am okay well take care of yourself and do not okay. kiss the locals no matter how cute or charming or their accents appealing don't oh, kiss them unless you have a mask on both of you <laughs> well I'm not sure I boyfriend would approve so oh no okay never mind totally <laughs> scratch so that <laughs> yeah, thank you Just, so much oh thank you so much amy you take care of yourself okay bye, bye.